Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So I heard from a player that played with him and a guy that has played with Daniel Jones, and he says Daniel Jones is way more accurate than him. And the thing is, that dude you're talking about, you shouldn't even talk to him no more about no sports. That should be a last conversation. You should go to something like so. Where you eat? Where, where's the good he just said accuracy, pure accuracy. Does he play in New York right now? No, or is he where, where's he live at? I don't know. Well, I'm not throwing this guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying the next question should have been, damn, so what are you eating? We're eating tonight for lunch for dinner. What do you what do you want to like after he said that? It's you no more football conversation. LaShawn McCoy there with Julian Edelman. Somebody told Edelman that Daniel Jones is more accurate than Josh Allen, and that's that's McCoy's response. Now, Josh did some internet sleuthing, or what, like just piecing it together. Who has played with both of them? And it's what? Cole Beasley? Who else? Isaiah Hodgins. Okay. And Jameson Crowder. Is that it? I think so. That's all I could find. I, I, I haven't seen any more, but I mean, you never know. It Maybe it's not a receiver, but okay. I feel like it would be a receiver. Is there a running back? Is there – who could have said it? It's not going to be Beasley. Beasley would not say that. No. No. Because, like, I mean, Beasley's, some of his best years were here with right. Allen throwing to him. Would it be Hodgins or Crowder? Did Crowder catch a pass with the Bills? <laughs> Jamison Crowder, that was an idea that never got off the ground. That was another, by the way, a former, hey, instead of drafting a ride receiver, let's just bring in Jamison Crowder. He got hurt. Never actually happened. Nothing ever really went for him. He he had been good in his career, but that's, you know, bringing in a 28-year-old receiver. He caught six balls for 60 yards with the Bills. Didn't work. And he was out of the league after last year. Well, he played last year with Washington. 16 catches. He'd been a decent guy. Cheap, hired gun. Didn't work out. Crowder or Hodgins? I don't know. <laughs> I like McCoy's response. Never listen to that person ever again about football. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Jeremy White with you. Joe's out today. Uh, got a Twitter poll up. We're going to get to better to forget it. Or sorry, not a Twitter poll up, but a question off of yesterday's poll, which was the wide receiver idea of the day was Marvin Harrison Jr. Give it all up for Marvin Harrison Jr. And forty percent said they would do that. And I think that is what that really is. Is a lot of fans saying like, "Listen, I, I'm all I care about is that they get this weapon." that they add this weapon to their offense. This has to happen. You know, are there other ideas those 40% would sign up for? Yes, of course. But 
I think it indicates how desperate or eager a lot of us are to see the Bills add a wide receiver. So I've been asking, you know, what's your favorite wide receiver idea is at the moment? Brian Thomas Jr. to me seems like the here Troy Franklin. Those two guys seem like the the fourth or fifth receiver that will go after the big three. The big three go in the top ten, and in a lot of mock drafts, you will see a little bit of a gap. Maybe between 10 and 17, you push it, and then maybe you're in striking range for the Bills if they need to move up for one of those guys. So whether it's Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU, Troy Franklin out of Oregon, uh, there are ideas. Maybe you like a second-round receiver. There's, there's plenty in the second round that would be good ideas to me. So I'm not limited to the first. The higher the investment, the more excited I am about it because of what it would say about the Bills. They want to return to a dynamic passing offense that they have been rather than let it drift like they have. So I, I, I'm i eager to see their level of investment. Our last caller last segment said, you know, he's a little worried the Bills are way to the third or the fourth round, and that might end up being the best pick. Like You could get the best receiver in the draft in the third round. It has happened before. The problem is... I shouldn't say the problem. We'd have to wait and see. My concern would be I would have to confront the fact that maybe they're not as invested in, as they should be. They've they've been inadequately invested for three years now, and it's more than time to get two, probably. So, you know, we've been through this before. Anyway, it's February 21st. Your favorite idea in this department is uh, more than welcome, 803-0550. I owe you a stat of the day. We'll do that real quick. Stat of the day. Brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So stat of the day is a golf stat, and I've got a golf story to share with you a little bit later as well. Tiger Woods at the Masters. He's going to play in the Masters, says he should be fine to do so. He has a chance to set a record. And I know, like, Tiger's been out of golf, right? Doesn't You don't see him as much. He's withdrawn from a lot of events. He's had a number of different illnesses and injuries. If he were to make the cut at Augusta, he would have the record for most consecutive cuts made. Longest streak of Masters cuts made. He still has a chance at that. He's only played the Masters when he feels like he's good enough to contend, and he's made the cut. So he's tied for the longest streak in tournament history. One more cut made, and Tiger is the record holder for consecutive Masters cuts made. That is your stat of the day. 803-0550 to join us. Get some calls in here, then get some better to forget it. Josh has put together better to forget it. Uh, Jimmy in Miami, though, as we connect with our fans. Hey, Jimmy, good morning. Hey, morning, Jeremy. Hey, you were talking about how Bean has overloaded on defensive end and invested in the defensive end position over the years. And the, the year that I think back is 2021. And I know you guys have talked about this, but we drafted Rousseau in the first round and Boogie Basham in the second round. And, of course, Basham got traded away for a six-round pick a year ago to the Giants. But in 2021, we had a really good receiving core. And Matt Perino was on last week talking about succession. And when you have receivers that we had older receivers, Beasley and John Brown. Of course, we had Gabe Davis and Diggs. But the time to talk about succession is when you have older receivers. In 2021, now it's always easy to look back, but instead of Basham, drafting Basham, Nico Collins went in the third round. Amara St. Brown went in the fourth round. 
I mean, we wouldn't be talking about the wide receiver training right now if we had one of those guys on the team with Diggs. It, it would it would have made a huge difference. Instead of drafting Basham and then getting rid of him a year later for a six-round pick. I don't know. It's, I know it's easy to look back. They did draft Marquise Stevenson, but yeah, I think he's Marquez gone. Stevenson, right? Like, yeah. yeah, he was a sixth-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, thanks, Jimmy. Like, that's the other thing is it can work. I mean, Diggs is a fifth, right? So no one's here to say it can't work. But every time you mention the success stories of Puka Nakua or whoever – Make sure you don't forget to mention all of the misses. And that's not even really a miss. If you draft a receiver in the sixth round and he never plays for you, I don't think that's a miss. I think that's how it goes. That's how it's supposed to be. You draft him in the first round and he never plays for you, well, that's bad. That's a miss. But, I mean, if we go through the Bills' draft history and their late receiver picks, I could get you names here. You're going to forgot that you forgot. You won't even remember who's uh was Austin Prohl a draft pick or was he an undrafted free? He was Ray Ray McLeod, Austin Prohl, Isaiah Hodgins, Marquez Stevenson. There's Shakir in the fifth, and Davis is in the fourth. But don't forget these guys too. How about this, Colby Listenby? You forgot that you forgot that guy, Colby Listenby in the sixth round. Desmond Lewis, think he was a catch radius guy. There's Sammy Watkins. Hi, Sammy. Robert Woods in the second. Marquise Goodwin in the third. Bang. Not That's not bad. 2-3. Both made the team. Both good careers. Both good players. Woods and Goodwin. They did it in the year where they took E.J. Manuel, by the way. T.J. Graham, third round. Marcus Easley. Unique story for him, for sure. James Hardy, second round. Stevie Johnson, seventh round. There's a success story deep, right? Jonathan Smith. That's fast, Freddie Smith. I'm back to 2004. Sam Aiken. Josh Reed. Rodney Wright. Reggie Germany. I mean, some of the, Drew Haddad. There you go. UB star. Drew Haddad. Reggie Germany. Reggie Germany, yeah. That's an all-time name right there. Ohio State wide receiver Reggie Germany. So, you know, you've got your, your hits in the fourth and fifth, but... Man, I did not come in today expecting to say the name Colby Listenby, but it happened. That's your sixth round guy. Like I don't, you draft a guy. Justin Shorter is is this. I don't ever expect to see Justin Shorter making a difference for the Bills. If he does, great. I, I said the same thing about Shakir. Like I don't have great expectations for Shakir. He has exceeded those low expectations that I have. He looks fantastic. So that's a hit. All right. You can, how many times can you count on a hit in like the fifth and sixth and seventh round? Maybe one out of every ten picks at that position. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Yeah, I mean, twenty twenty one. Any one of these years, you, you know, you could mention. You, you could say I'm on St. Brown in the fourth, or Nico Collins in the third. Tank Dell went in the third last year. There are going to be your hits, and that's a part of this too. If they had been mixing these picks in instead of the Basham pick, as they're just piling on defensive ends. You know, just mix in somebody else that can supplant Gabe Davis. They've they've almost been kind of uh, that 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 spot over there with Davis has been held by him, and this is a, this is good and bad. No one's been able to get in the lineup instead of him over there unless he's hurt, and now they will have to likely go another direction, and they might get worse. 
It's no guarantee they get better, but at least they can pursue the idea of better. Johnny in Buffalo. Hey, Johnny, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, you know, fully aboard, wide receiver train. Um, really like uh, Thomas and uh, Troy Franklin. Um, for rookies, you know, I, I wouldn't hate a move for a guy like, you know, depending on the draft pick you could get or have to give up for him. And if the Broncos were willing, uh, Jerry Jude, you could definitely use a change of scenery. Um, I think he's just an intriguing Treating guys, an excellent route runner, reminds me of a, a Diggs, but five years younger uh, from a route running uh, standpoint. Yep. But, um, you know, I, I'm still calling about McDermott here. Um, you know, not that I think he's done a great job, obviously, putting together this team, the culture, everything. Uh, but there's that stat out there that, you know, no head coach has been with a team for seven plus years without winning. A, if they don't win it in the first seven years, they don't win a Super Bowl. And, you know, th- that scares me a little bit. And I look at a team like Kansas City. They've got Spagnola who comes up with these amazing defensive game plans come the playoffs. And we've got a head coach who's supposed to be this defensive mastermind or the defensive head coach, I should say. And when we get to the playoffs, what seems to let us down every time? Our defense. Most, I mean, you look at most NFL games and there's a lot of parity in the league. They come down to one or two possessions. And there were several times this year where Josh Allen walked up the field with two minutes to go in the game with the lead. And your defensive head coach and doesn't get a stop. And your defense doesn't get that stop. And granted, I understand come playoff time there was injuries. And we had A.J. Klein at linebacker. I get that. But it just seems to rear its ugly head every year in the playoffs. I, I understand that everybody has trouble getting past the Chiefs. But I look at it and I say, if we didn't have McDermott, but we have Josh Allen, and we have a decent roster with Josh Allen, how much worse could it really get? And with an offensive head coach, I feel like, okay, our offense gets better. Maybe our defense takes a step back. But we're putting on more points. You know, give Ben Johnson whatever dollar <laughs> amount he would ever want in the world because that guy, what he did with Jared Goff, imagine him with Josh Allen and say, hey, you got that, whatever you want to draft with that first-round pick, whatever receiver you think would help best in your system, go for it. No. Because I want to see Josh and his offense, while we have him in his prime, just thrive. And it's not going to, and it never will when we're drafting, you know, I saw that tweet you put out there about drafting running backs in the first three rounds. Yeah. You know, we had, what, four of them? They've, they've drafted three running backs in the first three rounds and no receivers in the first three rounds in the last five years. Now, one of those picks was traded for digs, but that's, you're still, you know, you're losing that potential value. To, to have used three draft picks in the first three rounds on running backs, if they just undid those... Like you, you could have. There are better ideas. So yeah. And do you, do you think that's do you think that's a product of you know McDermott being more of that it's, conservative head coach wanting to run the ball and, and establish some some run and and keep his defense off the field? It's a great question, Johnny. Th- thanks. Maybe I'm missing it, or maybe I'm too hard on their offensive philosophy, but it. And maybe I'm giving too much credit to what Ken Dorsey says. Like sometimes, you know, if we take what people say and they're just trying to say nothing and I'm trying to make it into something, then I get conclusions that I shouldn't. But 
I mention it a lot. They went from an amazing offense to an offense that talked about how important it was to get yak yards, and they didn't get really any more yak yards the next year, despite it being a goal of theirs. And when they drafted Kincaid, here's Ken Dorsey talking about how important 12 personnel is, and he's already gone, you know? Did McDermott want 12? A lot of teams do use it, and that's fine, but it just never... It's it's not ever been what Josh Allen has been great at. He's been great at throwing to receivers and you know slot receivers like Shakir. And is with twelve personnel in their current formation and their current roster setup. And I think going forward, if you're in twelve, Shakir is off the field. And Shakir was super important to them down the stretch. If they don't have Shakir, I don't know if they do. They make the playoffs without him. He was really important. Davis got hurt. Shakir had big games to come through. Big moments. Big game, big touchdown in the playoffs, big touchdown against the, the Cowboys. Like the 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 plan to draft Dalton Kincaid got Shakir off the field. If they knew about Shakir being as good as he looked this year, if they knew about that a year ago before the draft, would they take a tight end that gets Shakir off the field? I don't I don't really know. I mean, of course, like Kincaid can stay past this, and now I've got Dawson Knox, who's a high paid tight end that doesn't play nearly the snaps that he used to. So it's almost like this offense is constantly in this the zone of trying to define what they are and what they want to be. And, you know, as you make the point about an offensive coach versus a defensive coach, if you're going to keep changing coordinators, that okay, you can you can go up and you can go down. You can get a bright new coordinator who's amazing. But if you're constantly changing coordinators, aren't you constantly changing your offensive philosophy? And this team, since Brian Dable left, they've had a good offense. They've They're good under Ken Dorsey. They were pretty good under Joe Brady. Pretty good. But since Brian Dable left, it has been a little bit of a, I mean, rudderless ship is too too, too dramatic, but it seems like there's been a little bit of uh, indecision in how the offense should be built or how it should identify. With Brian Dable, it felt like they never had that. The, when Brian Dable was here as their offensive coordinator, what was the constant conversation? Should they run it more? And his answer was a consistent no. He knew what he was. He knew what he wanted to be. He knew what his offense should be with Josh Allen. He left, and then it's been, all right, well, pass-catching running back is immediately wildly important to them. It wasn't really before. Boom, it's super important. Now it's 12 personnel. Now it's the, So I, I, I'm hoping that Joe Brady can maybe, and again, maybe I'm wrong on all that, but, but Brady will make me feel a little bit better. Like he's got a... He's got his lane. Okay, I'm gonna, now it's my offense. I got this lane. I'm going to find it, and we're going we're gonna to go with this. And then the sad reality is, if he's good at that, he's got to go, and someone else has to come in. So, like, the offensive identity is constantly just churning through ideas, and the defense is the same. So that, that that's, if you want to say offensive coach versus defensive coach, I don't think there's any disputing that reality exists for you. We know what their defense is going to want to be, right? They're going to want to play nickel as their base package. They're, they're going to want to play from the back. Be really strong in the secondary. Veterans back there that can do the kind of things McDermott wants. He's got his system. Some guys know how to play it. Some guys don't. Defensive line, what are they going to do? Penetrating pass rush. Not the hefty run stopper. They want to they shoot gaps. They want to be aggressive, and they want to rotate players in. Like they don't, Their defense, we, we know it. We know everything about it. We'll see it again. They'll draft and, you know, fire up the same McDermott defense they normally do, which is generally really good. So that's to his credit. But, yeah, on the... On the on the stuff about you know what to do offensively and your your points about offensive versus defensive head coach, I do think that we see 
some of the symptoms of that, some of some of the outcomes you get with that, even while they win, you know, 13 games or 11 games. I fully expect them to win 12 games next year. And, you know, if we're having this conversation, it's while they're winning 12 and winning the division. Jerry and Kenmore. Hey, Jerry. Um, you know, I don't know if I can do like eight or 10 more weeks of this. I just, uh, I, I, on social media, I see the fans that take a mock, make a mock, do a mock draft. And we are taking quarterbacks and running backs and one fourth round. Do they realize there are two legitimate receivers on this roster? Two, two, you, you know how many you need? There's two, this, this belief in, in shorter, this, this belief that we're going to sign some type of free agents. It's, I, I can't believe it's, it's even reasonable. Some of these, I can't do it. I can't even look at them anymore. <laughs> if we're not taking two wide receivers, maybe three in our 10 picks, we're not doing this right. It's, it is the need position on the team. It is. Yeah. On a... and it's shocking to me. The fans do not see it that way at all. What are we drafting a quarterback for, for 10 years from now when Allen's done? Yeah, I mean, like a depth quarterback. The quarterback decision will be be interesting because it depends how expensive it is in free agency. If they want to sign a guy that they hope never plays, that's Kyle Allen. That's, you know, less than $2 million. If they want to sign somebody that could get them through it if Allen got hurt, well, that might be like four, five to $7 million. Who knows? Um, back to the Jerry Judy point, to the caller that mentioned Jerry Judy. He's an interesting one because Judy... There were trade rumors around him, and if Denver's going to rebuild, he's young. He's 25. He has not really lived up to what he was supposed to be. Not yet. Not that he's played with a great quarterback. So he's due $13 million this year. If the Bills called Denver and said, how about a fourth rounder for Judy, and then they signed him to an extension and redid it so his cap number fit, like you could do that. You would get a an NFL receiver who is – Again, like maybe maybe you can get him for cheap and get him on a cheap deal, and he blows up here. He's he's not he's not done what he was supposed to do. Yeah, that's a first round receiver. That that draft class is Judy Lamb and Jefferson, right? And you know the other two guys in that first round obviously have been incredible. Was Ayuk Ayuk was also in that first round? Is it? Wait, am I mixing my drafts? Hold on, let me pull this up. Which draft this was? Judy's twenty four. He's drafted in the. 2017 NFL draft. So that's the year that's before Jefferson. Okay. Um, that was the year that Judy was supposed to be boy, Corey Davis, Mike, do I have the right draft here? I don't have the right draft here. I'm it's 2018. Sorry to do this on the fly, but we're going to get the, we're, we're going to get to the bottom of this together. <laughs> that's my plan. Uh, okay. Now, wow. Look at this. The 2018 draft had no receivers go until DJ Moore went 24th, Calvin Ridley 26th, Cortland Sutton in the second round. That's not a bad draft, even though there was like no receivers, right? This is a, a draft with no good receivers, and the first three are pretty good. Sorry, I'm on to 2019 looking for CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, and uh, I'm on Marquise Brown in 2019. Okay, probably now we're going to go to 2020. That's where we are. It's the 2020 draft. Yeah, finally, I got there. I'm old. I don't know what year it is anymore. Ruggs goes 12th, Judy goes 15th, Lamb goes 17th, Jefferson goes 22, Jalen Rager 21, Ayuk 25. And then the second round, holy cow, Higgins, Pittman, what a draft. Anyway, what does all that add up to? Judy's an idea. If he does get traded, 
you're buying low, and I don't know about extending him. Does he want to go on a prove-it deal with for one year? Like The Bills aren't in a position to pay him the cap number he would be getting for a prove-it deal. But there are there are merits to it for, for him. To the point about Ben Johnson, whatever he wants, I was listening to and the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. I think that was the one. Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs. We're going to talk to Kyle Krabs coming up on Friday. And they're picking landing spots, who would be a good, which receivers land in good spots and who might go where. And one of the suggestions was Mike Evans to Detroit. Throw him in that offense with Jamison Williams and Amon St. Brown and Sam Laporta. And the final piece would be Mike Evans instead of Josh Reynolds. Like Mike Evans being your ex. Like, but, man, go to Detroit. 803-0550, bet it or forget it, and uh, a little golf story to tell you, a life lesson when we return here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.